Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Would you all like to know what disruptions I've done over this past week? I'm going to share what I did because I did a thing again. It has to do with my endeavors so that it's a funny story and I want to share it because I think you're going to get a chuckle out of this. So my third endeavor or was third endeavor. I was telling about them trying to treat me like a robot and me basically telling them to kick rocks. Right? So <laughs> today I get a call from the guy who was setting up the laptop. This is the guy that was supposed to coordinate with me on Monday. And I chewed him out, read him the riot act and told him basically screw themselves. And it was because they were doing everything all jacked up and don't know what the heck's going on, right? Well, he didn't know anything was going on. I had chewed them out back on Monday. I never heard back from them. So I suspected that, okay, they'll accept my offer to just separate and move on. Now, common sense would tell you, yes, that if I chew you out, tell you off, what you should be doing is accepting in your mind, okay, we, you know, it is what it is. He's not going to work with us. He doesn't like our culture. He's offering to do it amicably. What we need to do now is tell people internally, look, this is, we're not moving forward. So let's turn off the process. Let's get all the people involved that need to be involved. Let's call the IT guy and tell him he's not setting up a laptop, et cetera. So I don't, I don't know why, for whatever reason, this guy was never told that, Hey, this isn't going forward. So they had him wasting his freaking time going forward with this business even though I had said, look, dude, I, this is probably not going to work. Let's just do what we got to do. And for whatever freaking reason, there's still this mindset for them that they just don't work together. And that's the reason I don't want to work for them. And I don't know why. I, I don't understand it. And I'm not, I, I'm proud, right? I'm happy. I'm, I'm upper level. I'm thumbs up on this. I, I feel good. I feel like I did the right thing seeing that. But I'm, I'm disappointed they treated this guy like this, man. It's like, come on. Are you serious? What the heck is wrong with you? And so that was my today, right, was that. 
On the up note, though, first endeavor paid me like I was supposed to, so we're good on that. Got that money in there, so the bank account's sitting smiling. The next one's supposed to be tomorrow then by that calculation, and then that'll put me in good sorts. And then if the, if the tomorrow one goes through, I can expect the weekly should be uh, roughly the same thing in a good cadence, and I'll be positioned very well. So, yes, I dropped the third endeavor because there are a bunch of screw-ups, but I'm in a good spot mentally because I'm glad I identified these jokers for what they are, but I'm disappointed that internal people got screwed because of their chaos. The guy that I was working with contact, he got his time wasted. I'm out 200 bucks. This IT guy, they didn't tell him this. And so people are booking meetings, they're scheduling trainings and all this stuff and nobody is corralling the wagons. And that's my whole point. And then they don't seem to want to fix it. Even though they see it's broken, they just kind of deal with it. No. So I, I'm excited, yes, because it means I dodged the bullet, folks. But I'm disappointed that so many people had to deal with stupidity, not just me. And these are people, yeah, they're just happy to have a job that's cool. I, I don't like seeing that um, from anybody. It's a waste of time. Anyhow, there's a lot of news. I know there's a bunch of stuff that you were expecting already. <laughs> And some stuff you may not know, but I'm sure you probably heard about it at least briefly because there's some big news happening. Let's go ahead and get right into that, shall we? Of course, right at the top, the biggest news is that Elon Musk has apparently finalized the last steps of his acquisition of Twitter. He's changed his bio, Chief Twit. He was seen walking into the Twitter office with a kitchen sink. He is working with the internal people to kind of wrap everything up. Uh, he has the bank. He basically took out loans to make this happen. $44 billion expected to close by this Friday. Now, there's a lot of people that are kind of, his his Twitter thread is absolutely hilarious because the expectation is that, yeah, all of the internal soft S-A-W-F-T people that work at Twitter today who were freaking out, like some of them were leaving messages when this was first talked about saying how their rights are going to be violated and they're not going to be able to do their job and they're stressed out. Mind you, these are people who put banners on the president of the United States but didn't put it on anybody else. These are people who muted, banned, blocked, and otherwise harassed journalists. These are people who would not let anybody have a dialogue, even doctors, about a jab that is truly experimental by the CDC's own governance. These are people who bowed down to what the government said. Turns out, Jack Dorsey was talking secretly to Elon Musk, saying, here's what we, I think should happen. What should happen is it should basically be a Democratic-type deal, and people should be allowed to say whatever they want to say. Jack, this idiot, had implied, without outright saying it, that one of the biggest mistakes he made was to basically take it public. Because what happened is you get the Black Rocks and others with this ESG garbage coming in, which essentially says if it's for the good of social. So it's this group of very rich people who are trying to influence social policy and they impose their own rules. Elon Musk himself has spoken about it and said, it's a scam. What should happen is that ultimately free enterprise is free enterprise. Freedom of speech is freedom of speech. People should be allowed to communicate. Apparently Jack had some ideas that he was talking about with Elon and it ties to cryptocurrency, so follow me. But the idea is intriguing. I doubt it'll happen. But the thought was, 
What stops somebody from, let's say somebody wants to be on Gab. Gab is an alternate social media platform spun up in response to what happened to former President Donald Trump as a competitor to the parlors of the world, the true socials of the world. So the thought was, well, what if somebody wants to be on Gab, but they want to communicate with their friends or whoever on Twitter? Well, why can't we have it where somebody on Twitter can just at, so in this case, mention somebody on Gab and be able to communicate with them without having to join Gab? Twitter then would not be able to purposely censor or mute or act on anything that's happening on the Gab stream. It's just a communication. They might be able to filter stuff internally, but the thought is the only time they would intervene is when there's like law enforcement gets involved and say, hey, there's criminal activity or something believed to be illegal. Well, that's a very intriguing idea. Is it going to happen? I say no, but it's an intriguing idea. I still point the finger at Jack because although some of the stuff became out of his control, ultimately you have to kind of fall on your sword and say, this is wrong. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do because it's ethically wrong. Instead, he bowed down to the masters. And this is what got us in the situation. We actually set a bad precedent by having a president get completely banned from the platform. Yet the current president who threatened Americans, which is essentially treason, totally went under the radar. Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi and so many others, people on the uh, Rashid Tlaib or whatever her name is from the quote squad, you know, AOC, all of these were celebrating the, the riots and the mob and all this other stuff. Nothing was said from Twitter. Doctors came out and said there might be some concerns about this jab. We don't know what's going on. And they were muted. They were harassed. The president, Donald Trump, at the time said himself, I think somebody come from the lab. I think it's the lab. He gets attacked. He gets banners put on his thing. It was the fact that they aligned one side and didn't, they weren't being consistent. It wasn't that they were doing it to him. It was they weren't doing it consistently. If you're going to say this person was triggering insurrection, what about this person over here? And so Elon comes in and says, I'd like to fix all this crap because it's garbage. Elon Musk, of course, has been a big advocate of cryptocurrency, and that's why there's a tie-in because cryptocurrency has largely been suppressed. I talked about this before. Through social media platforms, they will absolutely attack you if you try to mention cryptocurrency of even the hint of selling, quote-unquote, giveaways and so on. And so his approach, if he's legit and if he's honest and ethical, could mean good things or it could mean scary things. The point is, if at least he can get it to where enforcement is uniform, consistent, it might mean we get rid of some of the garbage that's out there that's in Twitter, or it might mean we get more garbage on the cryptocurrency side because there's less muting. I know the reporting tools is a nightmare, so we don't know what this means, just that people are very excited to see that, yes, there's finally somebody in here who will fix what has gone wrong with Twitter. And trust me, a lot has gone wrong with Twitter over time. So that's the biggest news that's happening right now. Dogecoin, as a result, pumped like a crazy bit ever so recently because, of course, Elon Musk is associated with Dogecoin. I don't think it's going to mean getting it to a dollar or that kind of stuff, but it's also possible. So you have to watch how some of these altcoins rally as a result of just things that are around Elon Musk. Elon Musk moves the needle more than any cryptocurrency ever could or would. Coinbase has recently added some custody support for some Ethereum-based altcoins. Of course, custody support means that you can actually deposit some of these things. 
So I've never heard of pretty much any of these. They're all kind of garbage in my mind. I've never heard of any of these. The only one that I saw that might be something close to something that might be something, and I know it's weird, but that I'm just, it's literally this. These are, I've never heard of some of these. Um, Synapse, S-Y-N. I, I've, I vaguely remember somebody talking about it. That could be something in a future state. I don't know. I will say that some of these that we're seeing come across the Coinbase have ties into a layer two called Metis, which I've had my eye on for a long time. So I do plan to put a little bit more money into Metis now that I see that there are some connections through to Metis and hopefully that might turn into something. It might, it very well could turn into the next Solana for all we know. I'm, I'm excited to see that there's at least some connection to Metis because Metis doesn't go get very much mentioned. And I do think it has strong potential for the future. What time will have to tell though. Um, I'm not making a prediction. I'm making, it's one of those hopium type calls. People have been doing analysis on the chain, the various blockchain, and they see that Bitcoin appears to have reached the end or very near to the end of the dumps that were it was suffering under. That means that it might start going on a rise again in light of the fact that the U.S. dollar is in a weakened state. Now, this is not saying to you to rush out and buy Bitcoin, but I'm going to make a statement. I Now that my endeavor, at least one of them, is going to be paying me weekly based on tomorrow, if that one comes through like I expect, and then I got the other one, the plan is I'm going to just keep adding some money to Bitcoin now, build up my Bitcoin stake. I have not heavily invested in Bitcoin to date. I know it sounds weird, but the reason I didn't is because there were other projects I wanted to prioritize, getting bags of those, get those in position, and then Bitcoin would have been the last on the list. So I bought a little bit just earlier, plan to buy a little bit more and just start stacking Bitcoin. And if we time it right, it means that we may be close to seeing some sort of a bull run, probably not to the degree we saw in 2021, but less sales of Bitcoin means that more people are holding it and potentially people might start buying it because they see that a bottom may be near or has been reached. We have to see what happens in the future because, of course, I think the industry is still waiting for the potential blowout in November, so that's on deck to see if that's going to have an impact, positive or negative. If it turns out that it has a positive impact, I can't imagine what the ceiling is going to be for Bitcoin long-term. The other thing to think about is Ethereum seems to have taken a front seat from a sentiment perspective over Bitcoin. More people see long-term potential with Ethereum, as do I, to the point where Ethereum could go in terms of velocity even faster than Bitcoin was able to do in the same amount of time. Ethereum has the momentum coming off the proof-of-stake transition. Ethereum seems to have more sentiment. Ethereum, of course, does something with the smart contracts. The downside, of course, is that Bitcoin is ubiquitous. More people hold it, more people transact with it at a basic level, and it backs almost everything we can think of. So if people don't choose not to buy into Bitcoin, the question is, can Ethereum break out on its own? Nobody's been able to answer that question to anybody's satisfaction so far. The Office of the Comptroller of the, Current, Control of the Currency here out in the United States, they're going to be creating an Office of Financial Te Technology early next year. This is supposed to be one of the first steps into getting at least somewhat aware and involved with fintech, so financial technology, things like Plaid, things like all these different things that are underneath currency technology. 
and this may include cryptocurrency at some point. Now, here's where it gets kind of questionable. In a past episode, I said that all these different government agencies have not been on the same page with what to do with regulations around cryptocurrency. This new organization, the people behind it, they're basically saying, you know what, we have so far not done a good job getting in front of this. It's still immature, and there's we've treated it too excessively around trading and not enough around strong fundamentals for this business. We also have done a thought process around regulation designed to accommodate the industry instead of to fix it. Now, this may create bearish sentiment because what he's saying is that we're not going far enough to lock stuff down. I am and have been, but I am strongly supportive of a world where we get rid of the kids, say we're a jeet, say the word keck, and get some serious business. I'm not supportive of turning into the stock market either. So an understanding of this from that office has to take into consideration what crypto is is what it is, we just need to put some protections without stymieing success and motivation and progress that's been made ever so far. And I think for them, they don't know any better. Hopefully they go for public opinion to try to understand it better and don't just listen to the Coinbase's and the Binance's of the world, but actually listen to regular investors telling them this is what we really want out of this business. For example, I would say there should be regulations around giveaways. And when I say giveaways, I'm talking about you know, like or follow or whatever, and we'll give you $1,000, randomly pick a 1000 like that stuff. Because that's basically a lottery. I think it should be covered on lottery law. So those people should be paying taxes. I know that sounds abrasive, but here's the truth, right? If you just do all these giveaways, it's kind of predatory because what stops that person from just having their friend always win and that friend spins up like 20 different accounts and they cheat? You have no way to know because it's not provably fair. So I'd rather have regulations around stuff like that. Yes, I don't want to see that garbage because I guarantee you the vast majority of those people are cheating and I don't want to see it. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, there was a major sell-off. They've been chasing this garbage metaverse and you've heard, if you've listened to me, at least at CryptoTalkRadio.net, you've heard me trash the concept of metaverse because we tried this before with Second Life, the game's still live, but... We've never been able to do what they keep talking about it, and they're the ones that really put it out there. We've never been able to do it. The reason we've never been able to do it is that society's not ready for it. We tried it. We tried a digital virtual world where somebody could just order a pizza with their virtual avatar. It didn't work. It's not going to work here. I don't care who says otherwise. The Shebaverse with the dog walking through the forest, their games, real serious older folks don't care. It's not going to work. Does that mean that after people of my age and older are long off this earth that it won't somehow be a thing? Maybe it will. I'm going to make the call that I don't think it will. Them losing close to $9 billion tells me this is not the right answer. They started doing a hiring freeze. Zuckerberg, the idiot, came out and gave some really dire news that basically said, you know, I don't think that this is going to work out long-term and we got to be a little bit more careful. He seems to still think that, yes, this will be something long-term and we should at least put some energy into it, but he's less quote bullish about it than he used to be. That excites me because I don't want them focusing on garbage. They got bigger problems. Facebook might as well be the death knell. Meta has never really been a thing. It's, it's never been a thing. 
They took Oculus. It's now garbage. There's their focus is they need to focus. I say this about all projects. You got to focus and perfect one thing. Facebook at one time was the center of the quote universe online. Then they allowed the Twitters and the others of the world to take over. They buy out Instagram because Instagram's kicking their tail. Snapchat shows up. All TikTok shows up. And now Facebook's dwindling again. Meta then decides to go every other direction except what got them to the dance. So instead of fixing what they had, they're ducking the smoke. And that's what's causing them to spin wheels, wasting investor money. I'm saying I would rather, and I know Zuckerberg's in he's not going to listen to me. He already lied to Congress. I'm saying stop focusing on freaking metaverse. Get your house clean first. Ideally, you should be the standout because you are one of the first. So stand out. Say, we are not going to be banning presidents. We're not going to be muting and silencing and depressing voices. We're going to allow open chat and do it first. Instead, what they did is they followed along with the crowd. And now they're playing follow after because you got other ones who already have led the space who have made them look embarrassed, have been embarrassing them. And that's why I, I think they're a joke. It's fine. If they want to keep on doing whatever they're going to do, it's not going to work long term. Microsoft and LinkedIn, same thing. They started to derail. LinkedIn's got major issues because they bowed down. They're doing over heavily censorship. All these ones that do over heavy censorship, they, it doesn't matter if you add more shinies like Libero. You've got to fix your core and stick to what got you to the dance, and none of them have done that. Now, Twitter is almost near dead. Elon Musk buying it won't save it because it's kind of too late. It already went through this whole year of absolute stupidity. TikTok and to a lesser degree, WhatsApp and say Snapchat are the only ones who, are, who seem to be somewhat thriving right now. Everybody else is dwindling. Could be that social media in general needs to grow up. That may be, I don't know. I'm saying that Meta's whole business with Metaverse is killing investor profits and I don't like this idiot continuing to focus on it instead of just cutting their losses, saying it is what it is, we tried it, it's not gonna work, let's get back to fundamentals, let's fix our core product and stop turning off the, you know, the real investors out there. Two more points and these will be quick points. So Google recently introduced a blockchain node, cloud-based blockchain node, for Ethereum, this, it should create a bullish sentiment, but it should also concern people because it's Google. <laughs> and as we know with Google, of course, Google will take and, and happily sell your data to uh, make all kinds of money. Now, since it's a blockchain node, it's not supposed to have any sort of data that it could breach or sell. Point is, it's Google. So if you wanna look into it, just do a Google search for a Google blockchain node, and I'm sure you get some hits. I call it to attention because as people like a companies like a Google get involved, it may kill the business. And you're like, Rrr? remember, Google is well known for killing products that they create. Very few products still live when Google takes it over, right? There are so many products. I could go down the list. There's actually a site out there, Killed by Google. I believe it's killedbygoogle.com. I believe that's what the site is. Yes, it is. 275 applications killed by Google over time. Some of them are actually pretty good. Some of them are garbage. Google Currents was garbage. Google Stadia, I thought was garbage. Google Cloud IoT, I had never even heard of it. Uh, YouTube Originals was garbage. You know, Google Hangouts was crap. You know, Google, uh, Google My Business was garbage. 
uh, the G Suite that was free was actually pretty good, but it was free. <laughs> Android Auto, dead. Like, there's so many things that Google just kind of toys with, and then they kill it. So the other thing to think about with this Google getting in it, it, I hope some of these don't jump on the board because there's a risk Google just kills the, bit, the product and harms them. And unfortunately, there are so many developers out there that will leap to stuff that's, quote, free. That's going to harm whatever project. So you can mark me down on this one. If people jump on this business, you're going to see people get harmed off that. And I hope people are smarter and they don't, they don't, don't stop jumping to just because it's Google or Microsoft or whatever. And take the time to understand where we really should put our time and effort. And then the last note is around analysis. I've said that I don't do chart analysis. I may look at it and say it appears to be trending in this direction. That's about it. I don't talk about Bollinger's and all the other metrics. The reason I don't is because most of those are predicated off of historical movement. They're predicated off of here's where we were. Here's how it moved. And we should be able to then use that to predict the future movement. And yes, that's 100% true. The problem is that there are so many variables that get in the way. There are so many weird things like Biden going up, telling people, telling companies that they should fire people if they don't do what he says, or Gary Gensler talking about locking stuff down, or it's a security whatever. Nancy Pelosi getting up there talking about something. Vladimir Putin getting up talking about something you know, shootings in St. Louis, there's all these different variables and things that get in the way of strong, fundamental, technical analysis. So there have been people who have talked about this and said, you know, it's fine to do that analysis, but, and in most cases you get it right, but we can't just solely rely on it. We've got to think beyond what the chart says and kind of think about things like general sentiments all these variables that get in the way, trying to understand all the different activities by different market players. So if I, a graph can't tell me, for example, I told earlier that we're seeing a, a decline in the amount of cells of Bitcoin, right? So a decline in the number of cells of Bitcoin doesn't necessarily mean Bitcoin stops going down. It might still go down. It also doesn't necessarily mean that there'll be a bull run. We just expect that there should be because if people stop selling and we see that the price isn't dwindling, then we should see some upward price. However, we don't know. It's all a guess, essentially. The other piece on this is like when Tesla, they had said, okay, we're going to buy $1.5 billion in Bitcoin and then things jumped significantly. Well, that was not necessarily, that was not necessarily based on the transaction itself. It was based on the announcement of it, right? So then somebody could theoretically have triggered that pump because if somebody did the, you know, the actual purchase, we wouldn't have necessarily seen a significant move up. So we see a slight move up. Nobody acts. Then they do an announcement. Yes, we plan to do this. And then all of a sudden there's a jump and then somebody sells off that run, right? It is kind of a form of insider trading if you think about it, but that's also at play. Well, the raw chart can't tell us when that's happening. We can't know. We'd have to assume that if somebody's going to do a major purchase and they tell us they're going to, it's a strong probability they already have. And that the jump is actually manipulation of a sort. 
they're manipulating the graph to their benefit because they bought low and now they can sell just a little bit of it and make some profits. Call me tinfoil as you care to. I'm saying that multiple people are coming out now and saying this is really the game. And it is a game. The game is how can we influence people to buy so that we can sell for profits? And big players with a lot of money have perfected this game. And they're doing it right underneath your nose. And it's something you should be aware of. It's not just about what the chart says. There are so many other things at play. The chart is simply only one indicator. You then ask me, well, Leister, what the heck do we do then? The bottom line is this. I said ages ago, you can't go wrong with the core coins. You simply cannot. If you were to look at Ethereum, great, right? Ethereum went as low as 900 somewhere around dollars per coin. Anybody that took my recommendation at the time and they bought it when it was 900 something dollars per coin is almost double per coin right now simply because it could only have gone up because it's Ethereum. It's established. It was not going anywhere. But people that ignored it and they said, eh, I think Ethereum's done, like some of the Pulse Doge chain people who think it's just toast, they don't understand that Pulse Doge chain and all the other garbage tokens they don't have the same presence of an Ethereum, of a Bitcoin, of a BNB, of a Cardano even. So when I say stick to the core coins that can't do you wrong, it's based on data we already know. This is not based on anything other than data you already know. You already know they aren't going anywhere ever. And every other token is backed by them, paired with them. That means that's where the wealth's coming back. I already knew that. I already knew if people stacked bags when Ethereum got that freaking low, they were going to make a lot of dang money. Hopefully they didn't YOLO to do that. But point is, it was an opportunity. It was an obvious opportunity. We see that opportunity across the board even now because Ethereum has no place to go but up. It is going to have some dips because people are taking profits. But Ethereum can only go back up because at minimum, that guy should be $2,000 per coin right now. So we know this. We know this from not just history, but its presence, its prevalence, its popularity. Bitcoin, its price is up in question because Bitcoin doesn't really do anything. If I had to put a, pig, a peg on it, I would say Bitcoin based on its scarcity of supply only should be somewhere in the range of twenty-five and $30,000-ish. That's my gut speaking. That can be way off wrong. Point is, if you stick with the core coins, they can never steal you wrong. Stable coins can never steal you wrong unless it's one of those sketchy ones. I'm talking the main ones, you know, USDC, USDT, BUSD. But if you stick with those, that's where the wealth's going to come back. If you use that model, if all you wanted to do is make that little bit of profit, you have a much more trustworthy method there than leaping to some garbage like those chain and gambling, because that's what it is. If you're a gambler, I celebrate you, respect you. I will always persist that the core coins can never steer you wrong if you're one of those that wants a strong investment portfolio, though. And so far, months and months have gone by and I've not gotten that call wrong. I don't think until we hit a bull run, I'm never going to support any garbage token. Because think about it. All of them are paired in liquidity to the core coins. Goes to my point again. Why am I going to support Floyd Mayweather when I need to know who's paying him? Because that person makes a lot more money than he does. So go where the source of the cash is. 
it's going to be the core coins. What you choose to do with your money, though, is entirely up to you, and I'm not here to dictate it. I'm saying that I don't believe we're in mean coin season yet, and that once you see the bull run of the core coins, everything's going to go up green. At that point, you can choose what to go into. That tickles your fancy. That's my call anyway. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.